to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 340 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along for your randomness technology and life fix this week. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to start with a story that I was going to—I th- should have told last week because it happened a week and a half ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is my vacuum cleaner story. So uh, while we were at the old flat back in the uh, original studio, uh, um, Kim's Kim's house of uh, horrors. Horrors. <laughs> um, my um, my vacuum cleaner somehow got broke. The handle got broke on it. And Sam goes, "That's all right. I'm buying a flash. That's um, right. German made." A beast of a machine, so that's fine. So mine just sat there for ages. And of course, when I moved out, I needed a vacuum cleaner. So I, um, <clears throat> I went to, <laughs> I went to Godfrey's, which is near work. Yep. And I went in, and there's this old guy selling hard. This old Asian guy selling this old couple on this stuff, and he just keeps putting dust on the ground and sweeping it up. And he's he built. I saw him ratchet it up like three different levels. Yeah. Yeah, that's the eleven hundred dollar one. But the $1,500, oh, you know, that's good. We like that. Well, this is the $1,800 one. It comes with a charging Only station with a spare battery more. in there. And, oh, would we get a better trade-in on our old vacuum cleaner if we get the 1800 one? Yes, you will. Let me go and check that out. And he comes over because at this point I've been sitting there half watching for uh, a while. 15 minutes or something. Are you okay? I'm like, I just need a part. I need this. I had my broken handle with me. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, Oh, yep, I can help you with that. Do you mind? I said, go for it, bro. Like, you're working hard. Go for it. So he has to. He went back and and did some stuff with them. And then he came back um, to me and he sold me a a piece. So I go home and uh, he goes, if that's not the right size, I think it's, it's, it looks to me, and he just looks at it. He goes, it looks, it's either 32 or 34 mil. I think it's a 32. So here you go. But if it's wrong, uh, you know, just keep the receipt, bring it back. He's an expert. He can tell. And and it was, it was spot on. That's right. It was spot on. So two millimeters is nothing to a vacuum cleaner (laughs) or a salesman. I was impressed. Anyway, I got home and I plugged it, I put this handle on and I was like, sweet, it works. And I'm like, the, the, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Property. Landlord was coming yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Property manager was coming around to drop something off, pick something up. I forget what it was now, and um, I had to drop off some keys and stuff. And so I was like, oh, I should vacuum because I hadn't vacuumed yeah, the yeah. floor in like a week or two weeks or whatever it'd been at that time. I'll give it a good vacuum. So I get stuck in and I'm vacuuming away and it's I'm just looking good. at the thing and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I stop and look up and the whole room's hazy. Because I didn't have a vacuum bag in there. Have, have you got a vacuum bag since? I've bought one since, and I va- re-vacuumed the house. But that was hilarious. I'm glad the guy didn't turn up just then because the place looked. And I don't know how I didn't notice. I think it was because I was looking at the floor the whole time. And you're like, this handle's amazing. This guy and his, 30, his 32 millimeter-ness. Yeah, so that, that could be 38 bucks for the handle. But it's still better than buying a new vacuum. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Anyway, well, um, so you've been to Christchurch. I, this is my little story, but you've got all the excitement. So I don't know. I don't excitement. know if I do, but I, I there's a couple of things. I'll quickly go through them. I'll uh, just we'll cover Christchurch all in one go. Went to the Lego show in the stadium down there. Uh, so it's the Lego Users Group. So it's not uh, like the Brick Man coming over and doing it. That's currently in Auckland. Yeah. This is just people setting up their own stuff. And some of the stuff is creative, and they've built huge sets of different things. And some are just I've I own this. So it's like a a Lego club. 
that's yeah, yeah, done yeah. in an expo. Yeah. yeah so it's uh, Christchurch Lug. So there's Lug group, Lego user groups, Lugs everywhere. So oh, okay. uh, I think right, the right, one right. here is Ham Lug. Yeah, yeah. It's usually that. And uh, it's interesting, some cool stuff. And uh, But like literally, if you just had a couple of sets and you just built them, you could just have a table and just sit there. Yeah. Do, do you know if it costs them anything to be in there? Uh, oh, I'm not sure. They have little name tags they, and they stuff. Probably, They'd be part of the group. Yeah, they probably pay fees to the lug, and then the lug pays for it. So you've got to be a member to be Yeah, there. I think you do have to be a member. Yeah, yeah. And it was five bucks to get in, but it got super, super crazy busy, like real busy real fast, which was fine. And then after that... We decided to go to River Market was where you got those crepes that time you were down there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. quite like that. They have a German festival on, uh, whatever that means. Um, so just randomly you turn up in Oktoberfest, but in July. <laughs> well, it was a, a, a German winter festival, I think it was. Yeah. And, uh, but some of the places, like all they did to make it German was they had a handwritten piece of A4 paper where it said tea and coffee, and then they wrote it in German, which is tea and then coffee with a K, I think. That was it. But, yeah. No expense spared. But it it got super busy in that place. It was shoulder to shoulder. It was like you were in a mosh pit. Really? And I, we were like, the, they there must be a point where there's too many people in here. Like, I think if something had happened, it Is was Is it a, because there's bugger all to do in Christchurch at the moment? Like, there's still uh, lots of empty space? and No, no. There's, no it seemed, oh, no. It was just a busy, busy. No, no. Sorry. That's the thing. Uh, Sarah told me this. When something opens or something new or something's on, everybody in Christchurch goes to it. And that's the difference between Christchurch and Hamilton. I'll talk about a few more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a few more differences coming up. Okay. Uh, the other thing that we came across is uh, Hetty's Rock Shop. We know there's two down there. And uh, Ruben was buying some rocks. He's pretty excited about that. This place was absolutely... So Ruben's into the geodes and all that yeah, sort of... Ge- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. Just certain ones for whatever reason. But these stores are set up really well. They have got big display cases. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can just grab. There's some behind glass, some that's not. Sort of a little bit like a jewellery store type. Sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this guy behind the counter, older gentleman with this big shit-eating grin on his face. (laughs) Because he can't believe what he's selling. people are paying money for rocks. (laughs) (laughs) I found this outside. Here, you want it? Ten bucks. (laughs) There was like, at one point, there must have been 40 or 50 people in this little tiny store, all jostling to look at all the rocks. And I was like, what is going on? This is mental. Anyway, this guy at the back was so happy. Ruben goes, he seemed really happy. I said, I bet he was. <laughs> I don't know where some of this stuff comes from. Uh, and then uh, we're at Rangiora and uh, we walked into town on the Sunday morning. I checked out the Rangiora Sunday market, yeah. which involved uh, a woman selling pine cones and bags. So uh, Rangiora is like a little bit out. It's a little bit North, like... North Canterbury is what they call it. Yeah, so it's a <coughs> bit like going from here to Raglan sort of? No. Not that no, far. it'll be here to uh, maybe even Tauranga. It's oh, pretty, it's, that, it's a long way. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And oh, distance-wise, yes, and yeah. and size-wise, it's quite a big place. Yeah, okay. has own supermarket, has everything. Yeah, I don't think. I, well, you probably wouldn't have gone there for any I, reason. I think I might have gone there I'll when I was it. a kid. It's there a um, a museumy, old-timey thing yeah. out there. I've been there to is. that when I was a. That's where I went to that wedding that time, and they gave me the wedding rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the wedding was. Anyway, we walked around town. We so at the Sunday market, there was a woman selling some piece of artwork. The woman selling pine cones, a kid selling Dutch clogs that he made, apparently or was selling, and some weird artwork that he'd made. And then uh, a woman with a soup cart, like a really, really fancy, you know how you have an ice cream cart? Yeah. Well, she had soup. Okay. And it was on two wheels and she could wheel it around. Literally, that was the only things that were at this market. 
and <laughs> trying not to make eye four or five. No, four. Trying not to make eye contact with him. But on the way there, as we're going up the street, you could see there was some Salvation Army people outside the BNZ, and then in the doorway was a um, trombone coming out and a trumpet, and they were playing right, and that was all good. And they were in the proper Salvation Army uniform. And then this woman bolted out from the doorway across the street and she had high vis on. So she was with them, but was sort of like a volunteer, I guess. Now, she wasn't 100% with it. Uh, I don't know what her deal was. But anyway, she decided to start following this couple down the street on the other side. It could have been us if we were 10 seconds earlier, but it was this couple. And she's yelling at him nonstop. Jesus is calling. Are you going to answer? Are you going to answer the call? The Salvation Army people are trying to get Rosemary back. Rosemary, come back. Rosemary, come back. Rosemary doesn't want to come back. Rosemary's on a mission. She goes like <laughs> two or three blocks away. Like she, They could have lost it. And then the old people escaped her. And then she just started, she leaned into a cafe and was screaming in the cafe door. It was good times. Uh, I took a photo. I should have really videoed it because it was pretty funny. Came across New Zealand's number one business podcast. Have you, oh, yeah. Do you know no. what that is? I thought it was Paul Spain's one, but okay. Well, I think it all depends if you can buy a billboard on the side of the road and you can just call yourself whatever. Okay. So it's the Property Academy podcast, New Zealand's number one business podcast uh, on Apple or Spotify. It was just on a billboard, a, pop, a trailer billboard. And I was like, is that all you need to do? Have you um, looked it up? Not at all. I'd be interested to see if there's three episodes or four. <laughs> uh, at some point, I reckon, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so we found that. We'll check that out. Uh, we will check this out after this. I'm, I'm, I'm keen to check that out. And then uh, Sarah's mum and uh, they live like in the suburbs in a, a, quite a newish subdivision. So we're pulling into the subdivision, going back to the house, and there's this dude on rollerblades. And I don't know if rollerblading's got more popular, but there's a lot of videos on like um, – Instagram stories and that. So people that are doing tricks on half pipes have seen rollerblades. Anyway, oh, okay. this dude's coming along as we go into this um, subdivision and we sort of look at him and I'm like, oh, he's on rollerblades. And he's going pretty quick. And he's like, yeah, like, he, yeah. He thinks he's this the doesn't man. sound good. He thinks he's the man. No, it's good. He <laughs> thinks he's the man. And then I think he's trying to speed up to catch up with us. And we go down all these random streets. And for some reason, I don't know by coincidence or not, this guy – is following us. I don't know. We pull over to the house, and as he comes past us, he's going down the road now real fast. He does a little jump, puts his legs up in the air, and lands in the driveway and carries on down the footpath like a real douche. And then as he's getting down the end of the street, he obviously knows that we're sort of looking at him, so he quickly goes in reverse, goes backwards, up back onto the footpath, and then he spins back around and carries on. And it was just such a... Dicky thing to see. I, I tell was like, you what, I wish I wish I'd been in my car for that because I could have captured that on, on, yes, on the camera. I know, that's what you need. Dash cam would be awesome. Dash cam. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and then when we left Christchurch, like Christ, like sorry, the South Island. I think you you don't realize how different things are until you've been to other places. So supermarkets down there, that's a good example. Pack and saves down there hold so much more stock than the two crappy ones we have in Hamilton. Yep. And every single thing is in stock. It's a mate. It's like mind blowing, and they've got the click and collect scanny things, and they've got all this random now, stuff. I'm, I'm interested to see what the new pack and save and yes. is going to be like. Like literally, the baskets that they have there are curved and a really nice shape compared to the standard ones that you see. Anyway, yeah. uh, but we get to Christchurch Airport, and I haven't flown out of Christchurch for a while. The domestic security suite, or whatever you want to call it, has all been fully upgraded. So when you go there. 
I'm like trying to find out where the trays are that you put your bags in and the guy and it's all lit up at your knees he goes i was down at your knees and there's all these slots and the trays are coming out of these slots and they're twice as big as what they normally are yeah and they go on there and you go through and then if they beep you if you get beeped you got to go in the body scan machine they now have so uh one of us got beeped and went in the body scan machine and you put your hands up and it goes around you what the the, a, a sensor goes around you or it blows on you? No, no, the whole thing rotates around you. Oh, wow. And it okay. scans you and then it shows you a picture of the body and then it highlights what it thinks is the area that's they have to check. Yeah. Uh, and then they've got little, um, where the trays go, there's like a little conveyor belt that goes to the one side and one. So if there's a problem with the bag, it gets diverted somewhere else and then the guy walks down. And then when you put your trays at the end, they're slowly going down, and I assume they automatically go back. Feed out the bottom and go Yeah, it's pretty next level. Anyway, awesome. uh, we get back to Auckland Airport. We're waiting for the shuttle. Everything's good. All these people are piling into this van. There's a lot of people, uh, like 1.30 in the afternoon, end of school holidays. And we look down, and there's a giant handbag just sitting there. And we're like, whose is this handbag? And we're like, I must be one. So I pick up this handbag. I go to this van. I'm like, has anybody left their handbag? And they're like, no, not ours. Okay. So I'm like, oh, shit. So anyway, I'm like, oh, I'll take it to the information centre thing inside the airport. I don't think I'd ever pick <coughs> up a bag in an airport that's not mine. It's, it's, it, it is, op- like, it's a woman's handbag that's open. Like, oh, it's okay. just a handbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I was in London, there was a lot of bombings. Yeah, yeah, I and know. And we were paranoid as hell on the subway all the time. Oh, no, you no. Know, like, the security yeah. people that I ended up talking to in a sec were paranoid as well. So... I go all the way into the airport. I have to go all the way down the end, almost to where New Zealanders. There's a little information kiosk. There's no one in there except for some old woman and old man playing with a child. And they're like, oh, no, we don't work here. We're just wasting time. Do you know where the people are? And I was like, oh, I don't know where the people are. They're not there. It's none man. So you've got to pick up this phone. And I'm talking to someone. And I'm like, I found this bag. Uh, I brought it over. And they're like, okay, don't touch the bag. Leave it where it is. Security will come. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is way out where the shuttles were. Someone's just left it behind. It's just a handbag. I've got it with me. Okay, uh, we'll ring you back in five minutes. What's your number? Uh, 905213, because that's on the thing. Okay. So I hang up, and I've just got to stand there. I'm like, I, and she goes, What's, uh, are the people coming? I said, I don't know. I just want to give this bag to someone so I can go home. And then they ring back like exactly five minutes. I swear she timed it. Uh, someone will be with you in two minutes. Okay, hangs up. And then this dude appeared. I don't know where he came from. He's just like, he's there. And I was like, somebody's left this behind. It was out in the shuttle. I think all this paperwork here is something to do with their bookings and stuff. I'm not touching it. Here you go. Okay. And that was my Christchurch trip. (laughs) So you didn't get Rick rolled? Uh, I saw you put that, but what happened? Have you not heard about that? So it was on the news. Um, I don't watch the news. So, oh, no, that's fine. But, um... They're in Hereford Street in Auckland, Christchurch rather, yeah. um, which is the main street, there's a landlord of um, a building and it's got a whole bunch of like stores and, okay. and pieces. But a lot of homeless people keep sleeping under the arch, you know, in the Mornings. doorways. Yeah, okay. And he's been really annoyed about it. And um, But, you know, the police won't do anything, anything else. So he now plays Rick Astley's um, song... Over and over on loop, oh, just yeah. non-stop. Okay. And they've moved away. And he's getting a lot of flack. And he goes, look, it was the – I've tried every other avenue. Yep. This is the only non-violent thing yeah, yeah. that I can think to do. 
And so I've done it, and it seems to be working. Um, I will keep doing it as long as it works, I guess, unless somebody comes up with a better idea. And I'm like, I'm with this guy. And he was getting so much flack. Oh, wow. Well, it's um, not like he put spikes down that they could yeah, lay exactly, down and all that and sort all of stuff. stuff. Um, they interviewed one of the shop owners, and guy goes, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm getting a bit sick of the song because it's playing outside it, oh, which right. I get." Um, but he goes, "But it is nice coming in without didn't, having to step over people." Didn't hear it when mornings. I was down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's why I was going to ask. So that's why I put it in there. A couple of weeks ago. Uh, I had some Nestle um, coffee, mm-hmm. and it tasted like ass. It tasted like um, molasses, actually. That's oh, what okay. it tasted like. And I was like... We're doing a lot of promos for Nescafe at work at the moment. But yeah. Uh, so that was all good. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. So I mentioned it in an Instagram story and tagged them in it. And I said, this is terrible. It tastes funny. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry to hear that. Um, We'll be in touch with you soon or something. Um, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. If you mentioned yeah, it on the podcast or with me. And I had to fill out a whole form and all this sort of stuff. I had to give them all sorts of random details and stuff. And then they're like, we will give you a $15 um, voucher uh, for you know for your problems. We're sorry about that. Give us the batch number and all that. So, okay, did all that. And it's turned up. Now, it's a Nestle gift card with my name on it. Like, they printed my name on it. Holy crap. It's a Visa gift card. So That's pretty cool. It's a bit weird. I've got yeah. this. I've got this whole page of documents on. I've got to activate it, and I've got to sign it. And remember, this only got fifteen dollars on it. <laughs> now you can put up to four thousand nine hundred ninety-five dollars on one of these cards, but only Nestle can do it. So, I, I, so I've got this one use. Well, fifteen dollars anyway of this fancy Nestle gift card, which is a Visa prepaid debit card with my name on it, uh, which is like next level. Yeah. But then after I used it, hey, Nestle, uh, you know how you got me that card? Hook me up. What's the, <laughs> not what I was expecting. I thought it was just going to be a no, paper voucher for exactly. a supermarket. That's, that's, that's crazy. Maybe you could ask at work and go, how, uh, how many of these visa prepaid things are you whipping out? Yeah, yeah. I might have to talk to um, our rep about that. And at some random, New Zealand, some random New Zealand website, ichoosecard.co.nz. Is where I need to activate it. Okay. Anyway, I thought Um, that was interesting for you. You said something about the uh, roller skater being a douche, and it reminded me of a new story I saw. It's not written down, but I thought it was pretty amusing. So in the States, um, yacht sales, mega yacht sales and going up, aren't they? Rich people. Heaps. The sales have gone up 347%. Nice, yep. Uh, Because, you know, if you're going to socially distance... Well, that's right. They can go anywhere as well. Yeah. They were talking about one, he goes... This one yacht they built had a dedicated cocaine room. What does one of those look like? I, I know, but the guy goes, I'm going to put it out there. I can't remember who said it. I think it oh, I wasn't Trevor. No. I can't remember who said it. But it's like, I'm going to put it out there. If you have a dedicated cocaine room, every room is a dedicated yes, cocaine room. thank you. Room. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, um, he goes, now we have, they've gone from mega yachts to Giga yachts. These yachts cost five hundred million a piece. Yes, and they now call them giga yachts. They're the ones that this have their own yacht. What eh? holds a thousand more douchebags than a mega yacht? Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought that was funny. I watched a doco yesterday. Oh yeah. Uh, it's called A Glitch in the Matrix. Oh, it came ooh, out this ooh, year. Sounds good. And eh, don't watch it. Like, oh, okay, all right. It, it's about simulation theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The director. Elon Musk's thing and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and um, that. Uh, is it Richard K. Dick? Yes. He, so Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick. There Philip we go. K. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Philip K. Dick. Uh, yeah. So they start with him because I didn't realize, I knew some of the work he's done, obviously, 
Blade Runner and all of that. But he did a press conference in like 1977 and they started with that. And for some reason he did it in France. So he's got an interpreter and he goes, look, I'm not doing this lightly. It's a big thing for me to come out and say this, but we're, we're in a simulation. And he just went through why. So that was the start of the doco, which, yep, that catches your eye. Then for whatever reason, they're talking to a bunch of people that are just randos, basically, that um, believe in it and or are diehard fans of The Matrix. And they are um, in their normal office Zoom call and that, but they've got the, what's the full body um, emoji animation thing where it's all over your body? I, I don't know. I yeah. know what you mean, but I don't know what it's Like called. what Carl does when they um, skin people, you know what they yeah, do. Yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, they've got, so all these people, you don't know what they look like. They're just like these animated bodies and arms. Yeah. And they look pretty cool, but it's just a bit disconnect. And they just talk to them about different things. They talk to some other rando guy. And then you hear this guy on the phone and he starts off about his love of the Matrix. He's watched it hundreds and hundreds of times. He had to go get a black trench coat. And because they weren't showing him, no spoiler here. You knew he was incarcerated for some reason. Like, you're like, oh, this guy must be in prison. And he is. He just um, got a shotgun and blew his parents away. Because he goes, uh, no, this can be real. So he just, and, and he goes, oh, my mum got up at one point And uh, she goes, what have you done? He goes, I already shot her in the chest. And he goes, no, I just blew her head off. And then it was that point when I thought, hmm, maybe this is real. Anyway, and he's just talking like that. Because he's just like, yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, nah. Uh, the doco could have been done a lot better and uh, some of the reviews are pretty harsh on IMDb they're like really they could have got a whole bunch more scientists to explain that better instead of these random people that have got random things that have happened so to them so somebody's come up with a great concept or idea that they want to talk about and then just execution has been well they, these guys just had anecdotal things like he goes oh, I just thought I mean, about something and then this thing happened cool bro yeah yeah <laughs> We have them. They're called have you, coincidences. That's right. Have, did you have you done your summer school thing yet? Yes, yes. So um, I've done this week. So I have had three lessons I've taught this week. How's that gone? It's going good actually. Um, so the kids are age um, around ten, eleven yep. ish. And is um, there a whole bunch of them? There's six. Oh, at a six, time. Six at a time. So six is the whole class. Oh, sorry. And one day, one of them was away, so there was five that day. Yeah. Um, I've got a bit of a, a curriculum. That they gave you, roughly. That they gave you, yeah. gave me, which is pretty crap. Um, and it's really a bit too advanced. Some of it's too advanced. So they've got two curriculums, and they're going, on this day, use this one, and on this day, use this oh. one. There's a, there's a array, and it's okay. So I'm filling it in with a lot of stuff. They're, they're seeing a lot of TEDx Rukura snippets. I, bet I will are. tell, tell you right. that. You, you haven't appeared yet, but uh, oh. I have to work that one out. I hope um, that they tell people about TEDx Rukura and the Rukura. What? Well, actually, it's funny because there was uh, one slideshow that I had to give the other day. It was on – what was it on? It was on posture and using your gestures and stuff. Yeah. And um, one of the photos, it had a collage of photos, <coughs> and one of the photos was Michelle Dickinson. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, do you guys know who that is? And they're like, nope. I'm like, oh, just wondered. Because I was yeah, like, well, yeah. she's doing well. <laughs> she's all over in Canada. But yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, no, that's going really, really well. I just had a chat to Hoyt this morning. He's the uh, owner of the, 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 the business. And he wants to, he wants me to give how much I can do next week because they've got an overlap. So I'm going to actually, oh, right. oh, not next week, the week after, there's an overlap. 
And so I'm going to do uh, two sessions a day, which means nice. I have to start later at Gilmore's, yeah, yeah. but they, they've been warned. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, I'll get a bit of money out of that. Um, and thereafter, they said, do you know any other pe- public speaking teachers that would be interested? So I thought I actually asked Mary. Does Mary. that mean they've not got enough to do all the classes? Yeah, they um, haven't pushed the public speaking thing very much because they didn't have many public yeah. speaking teachers. And... Um, They've got people that will do a bit of the public speaking, but really focus on other things. Like he was telling me, one of them's an opera teacher, oh. and they'll do a little bit of public yeah, okay. speaking, but it's, it's not, not their thing. Yeah, yeah. But they can go through the voice and vocal training oh, right. and stuff like that. So anyway, so which is cool. Um, so I, I thought I might ask Mary Rinaldi because um, she won't be doing a lot at the moment. Maybe, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and anybody else, if you're interested in getting some work like that. Um, yeah, give us, uh, get in touch with us and um, I'll see if I can hook you up. Yes. Uh, when this podcast comes out on Sunday, the uh, 25th, yeah. uh, at, if you listen to it first thing, you may have time, Chris, to buy a throne made out of 10,000 circulars, like junk mail. Oh, yeah? This guy in Timaru. Oh, it's, that's not very clear. Um, good looking. <laughs> how, I was expecting how, something how impressive. How dare you? You know this dude. That is. He's got te- a piles of he's got, magazines. I know. Just he's, up and he sits on it. That's uh, not a throw. He's got ten years worth of mail from Timaru uh, of junk mail, and you don't have to pick it up. But the winning bid, um, they're going to. Donate some to St. John's and some to a charity of a choice. Someone's already bid 400 bucks. This is an amazing collection. Uh, it hasn't been unused. Do whatever you want with it. Jimmy's collected it. Now, if you do pick it up, it's too heavy for New Zealand Post. It's about 245 kilos worth. 70 bundles of three and a half kilos each. And he's made it. Look at him. Look how happy he lives. <laughs> uh, he absolutely looks like the old sort of country guy that would do that. Uh, if you're imagining an old country guy that would stack a pile of books, uh, magazines up and then sit on them and call it a throne, that's exactly right, even to their plaid hat. Anyway. That's um, right. What was I going to talk about? I, I saw this really cool video, and we'll have to um, link it in, Somewhere. in yep. the show notes, but it's fascinating. This guy says, I can't remember what um, the, story, the, the name of the video was something like um, – the invention of microwaves is way more interesting than you imagine. Oh, okay. Trust me, or something like that. Yeah, like, okay. All right, I'm going to watch this, and it was hilarious. So this guy, he obviously does documentaries or short-form stuff, Yeah. and he goes, I heard this thing that doc- um, microwaves were invented to heat hamsters, and I'm like, that I, can't be right. Okay. Right? I, yeah. I, is it to do with space, though? I thought microwaves came from something NASA was doing. So microwaves actually came from the radars. In World War II, oh. they put off a lot of the microwave energy, okay. and they realized that um, people would put their lunches up there and heat them up and then bring oh, them yeah, down yeah. because they were yeah. heating up. And so they worked out mm. how to make a microwave. And they did make an industrial microwave before this guy made microwaves to heat hamsters in London. But um, so there was an industrial microwave built in um, frickin, uh I think it was in the U- uh, America. Okay, and it was like huge. It was like the old computers yeah, yeah. are like huge yeah. thing to to not quite as big as a cocaine room, but pretty big. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty close. Anyway, um, so but this one guy went along. They were doing a lot of. Um, 
freezing people, cryogenics, oh. that's the word, freezing and hamsters, be- oh. and they were bringing them back to life. Okay. And they were bringing them back to life by heating them with pads, and the hamsters would come back to life. They'd be frozen, donk, yeah. donk, donk, frozen, and okay. they'd heat them. But they, the way they were heating, they kept burning them, so they were oh, living. No, but you then can't they burn your burns, hamsters. Right? Yeah. So the guy goes, why don't you use a microwave? So effect- Did it work, or did they he, just blow he up? He effectively made a microwave- um, it didn't. He was the first person to really create the. Um, what do you call that cage that goes? There's a name for it. You know what it is. I know what it is. Faraday. Faraday cage. He basically built a Faraday cage that shot, shot microwaves into the Faraday oh, right. cage and put the hamster in it. Yeah. Um, he goes. It was unshielded. Probably not very safe. This is like fifty. Yeah, yeah. What, 1950. Yeah. Now he's got X-ray vision. Um, <laughs> well, he was still alive. They, he interviewed oh, the guy too. It was really good. And he goes, "Yeah, no, um, we put." Frozen, dead hamsters in there. They heated them up. They start running around. Some of them frozen, brought back to life several times. What? It was amazing. Oh. And, and so the interview is like, hang on. So can we do that with humans? He goes, no. Nah. It gets to it because this guy's a scientist. Too and he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's a scale thing. Yeah. Once you get over a certain size, and hamsters are about the limit. I was going to say, you want much bigger yeah. than that. You just it just does not work. We tried it with, obviously they tried it with uh, bigger animals and nah. So anyway, that was fascinating. Uh, we will put the the link to the video yes. in the in the show notes. Um, check it out because it's hilarious. It's very good. Almost brings us to the end of the podcast. Wow. Cool, okay. Very um, quickly, though, Bezos landed safely. Who cares? He uh, He's very happy that all his workers paid for him to do that. I, I know. That's that's the thing, right? He had he was going so well yeah. up until that point when he said, I want to thank the workers and the people who buy things because you paid for it. What yeah. a dick move. Yeah. What a dick move. Uh, As if the rocket wasn't a dick enough. Oh. <laughs> there, there's some memes going around and it goes... Uh, it's Dr. Evil from uh, Austin Powers. Yeah. So Dr. Evil's spaceship is identical, and then Dr. Evil's in there, and they're like, here's some footage of Bezos on space, and it's Dr. Evil with Mini-Me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Ashton Kutcher sold his uh, Virgin Galactic flight because um, his wife, Mila Kunis, said, nope, you've got two kids, too dangerous. Oh, you put that in there. I thought I put that I'm in I'm not there. sure. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's good. Uh, be interesting to see how they go now. Uh, oh, and... Randomly, you know the dude that I told you about called it's Daniel Mack, the guy that goes up to people with the fancy cars? Yeah. He was at the um Richard Branson one. And he went up to Richard Branson, he goes, What do you do? Like the exact he does is the car and Richard Branson goes, oh, I'm an astronaut. And he goes, Oh, cool. And he did speak to actually um because they had a uh a, a female pilot, I think, for that one. Yeah. And he spoke to her as well. But yeah, it was pretty cool. He's gone some access to some amazing places that dude from only doing this random Instagram account. That is so cool. But that brings us to the end of this episode, Chris. So uh, until next time. I'm uh, I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm Sam, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.